Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. We are recording from our house, Babe Town House, actually. And um, normally I start out with a thought of the day. Um, so I think the thought of today is actually going to be about Babe Town House and about what this means and about what we're doing here. Um, and so, you know, on March 1st of this year, 2020, me and several other babes moved into a house together. And the timing couldn't have been more perfect because two weeks later, we were uh, things were getting shut down. We were all losing our jobs. Everything became so uncertain. But the greatest part about moving right before this happened and moving in with each other is we have this massive amount of support with each other. And I couldn't imagine right now still living in my studio apartment and going through this. We've been able to cook for and with each other. We have movie nights. We have game nights. We support each other in our creative endeavors. And we're literally there for each other just to talk. Um, And, you know, I want to remind everybody that that's basically a stripper's role in life is to be there for others and to to support them and to listen to them. And um, we literally help people through their lives. I was just having conversations with my producers just a little bit ago today about how strippers literally, how we have side conversations with each other about how basically we're each other's therapist or how we're um, customers therapists. And to be quite honest with you, we're each other's therapists too. We spend so much time in the dressing room together. We uplift each other. We're there for each other when shit hits the fan. Um, and I, I would say that living in a house with the majority of them are strippers. Um, it's basically the dressing room times 10 because we're here with each other all day long and it's been really beautiful and it's been really an amazing experience so far. And so I like, I'm not even that mad at quarantine right now. Like I'm not even mad. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So (laughs) normally because the podcasts we have to do right now are virtual, normally you're seeing a much different type of video screen, which is where we're like side by side in these vertical videos. But because Caroline lives literally on the other side of that wall, (laughs) we get to film each other inside our house. We we don't have a six feet quarantine. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Basically, our spit is all over each other's things already. Yeah. 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 We've already discussed like uh, like a couple weeks ago. We were like, if one of us gets it, we're all getting it. We're fucked. Yeah. So we don't even. We're not even tripping. Like we literally all snuggle on the king size bed together and watch movies we just watched Braveheart last night it was really good yeah you haven't seen it in 10 years I haven't seen it in 10 years yeah well you were kept making comments like you didn't expect things to happen because it had been a long time and I didn't remember (laughs) what happened so and I was like oh shit this is intense can I curse on here oh god yes okay oh shit this is intense like it was a much more intense movie than I remember it being yeah oh my nipple just came out whoops 
Yeah. See, that's why you need to watch these YouTube videos. Yeah, super Because you get the little, <laughs> you get little surprise nip slips. Yeah, and I um, wash my hair for you guys. So yeah, right? Be ready. Um, yeah, it was just funny because I've seen that movie like 20 freaking times. And so every time you're like, oh, shit. I was like, damn, bitch, didn't you know that was coming? <laughs> anyway, um, so thank you so much for um, – walking 10 feet into no my problem. bedroom <laughs> that was, it was that the commute was not stressful so, there was like no traffic there's no traffic so weird Just, you know get out get out of your room yeah. and turn to the right and there you are um so you know one of the first things that i like to do is um confirm uh whether or not my guest identifies as a stripper Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, because this is Yes, a Stripper podcast. So totally. Um, yeah, I definitely do. I I think I think right now where I dance, which is Jumbos, is definitely sort of more of like a PG thirteen version of mm-hmm. a strip club. Mm-hmm. But I've been a nude stripper. I so it's been over it's been twelve years now of me being a dancer and stripping and performing. So you did nude. I've done fully yeah. I started mm-hmm. out fully nude stripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so and again, at the end of the day, I'm dancing on a pole and people are throwing me singles. Like, and I'm wearing stripper heels. So yes, fuck yes, a stripper. And come at me, bruh. But you also, as part of strippers' duties, right? You talk to customers and you listen to their bullshit. Yeah. And you sit and have drinks with them and you give them the... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're so interesting. Happy. You're and so like, uh-huh. interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have to do all that. Yeah, I definitely... I still... I have customers. I have people I have to... You know, people, friends will come in and I'll be like, it's really great to see you, but I'm working. It's still a job. I'm I'm still taking off my clothes for money. At the end of the day, I'm seducing people mm. for money. Mm. So mm. if that's not a stripper. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that might fall under another job that title. Might. I don't know. All I'm seducing saying is. Seducing people for money. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that is my job. I'm like. Yeah, I know. I don't fantasy. know. I can't think of any other job description like grocery store checkout yeah. person. Yeah. No. My job is literally. Uh, art curator. No. I'm just like, going, yeah. Like, is no. there any other position in life where you're literally the description of your job title is? It's like, seduce people <laughs> for money. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what you're doing. Yeah, I'm really good at but it. But you also are taking clothes off. You're just not showing your nibblies. Yeah, sadly. Right. Yeah. It is sad. Because they're it? nice. I know. I would love to at nice least nibblies. get topless. I started to feel weird about men like wanting to basically be a pseudo gynecologist when I was dancing in the nude clubs. Like they would literally request the um, visibility of my vagina. Wow. And that's when I was like, oh, I've had it. Like, I've had it. Yeah, like I understand you want to see my vagina, but he, they literally were requesting. You know, you're a really great dancer, but I just don't get to see your vagina. <laughs> just don't get to see enough. your cervix. So yeah. like, if you could, like, do more of a split. Yeah, no, I, I don't miss the vagina being shown. Sure, I like my vagina. I like it's fine. I do miss like showing my boobs a little bit just because yeah. my boobs are nice and it, and it was so fun to just kind of be like, and here they are. And then kind of not have to do anything. Here they are. And everyone's like, ah, and you're like, there you go. You know, where now I have to resort to much more creative things to keep people's attention. Totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I feel that. Um, shit, man. But you are taking off something when you're doing yeah, that dancing always. at yeah. Jumbo's Clown Room specifically, just yeah. in case you're... I know a lot of Jumbo's Clown Room dancers because I dance there for 11 and a half years, and so I just have access to a lot of those types of people. 
Yeah, those, those types of people. Those so you're not just a stripper, though. You no. are so many interesting <laughs> things. Um, you are a social worker. True. And how would you describe your title in the ASL world? Can you explain to everybody what ASL is? Because when I say that to people, they're like, what is that? Sure. Sure. Um, so ASL is American Sign Language. So I got my master's degree from Gallaudet, which is a completely deaf university. So I took my entire degree in sign language. So my degree is in social work, but mm-hmm. it's specifically for deaf. And then I'm a, I'm an ASL interpreter slash performer. So I, mm-hmm. um, I do sometimes just interpret for deaf actors and um, just people trying to get into media or the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. casting things like that for commercial work, for TV shows, for movies. Uh, but I'm also an ASL performer, which means I integrate my dance background and signing to create a more complete experience for the deaf audience, especially for music and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll mm-hmm. dance and mm-hmm. sign. And then I also make ASL, American Sign Language, music videos. That's what ASL stands for. American Sign Language. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for the it. deaf community. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So... Can we just go back to the school thing? Because sure. I don't think it really sunk into people what college you actually went to. Explain that you were the only speaking person. Right. So Gallaudet is a completely deaf university. So that means that all the staff, all the teachers, all my classmates were all deaf. Um, there's like a like a one percent hearing population, but most of them are in come on. Most of them are in um, interpreting or like hearing programs where my program was deaf. So I also lived on campus and I didn't really speak for two years. Um, I checked my hearing privilege. And if I was on campus or with deaf people, I did not speak. I only signed. Mm. Uh, I would really only speak like if I had to call my mom and I'd shut my dorm room and call my mom. Right. Um, but I was fully immersed in sign language for two years. So that's crazy. So that's why I signed. That's why I signed like a lot of rap and hip hop now, though, because. I learned slang terms that you don't get from taking like an ASL course. You have to be fully integrated. Right, into the right. It's kind of like speaking Spanish. Yeah, exactly. There's Mexican slang. Yeah. If you were like to live yeah. in Mexico or take a Spanish class, they're going to be two different Like I'm things. not going to learn that Mexican slang. Yeah, where I can say like Duolingo. <laughs> I'm not going to learn how to say like that's lit. <laughs> on Duolingo. <you> know? <laughs> that's lit. That's lit. How would you even say that? That's Esto lit. Es dul- no, that's sugar. Oh. Mm, Loose, loose. Yeah, I'll figure it out. We'll figure. We'll Google. Update it. on next podcast. Our producers are asking if we want to do a topless podcast and <laughs> star them out. And um, my answer to that is yes. Eventually, not this one because we're not mentally prepared for that. We're not in that state. Yeah, yeah. We look cute with our outfits on. Yeah, but that's a good suggestion. That's a really good suggestion, Shelly. Yeah, 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 I'm definitely down to do. Actually, I would like for you guys to write in and comment on uh, this Instagram, uh, the Instagram post that we'll make about Caroline. So if you're listening to this podcast after the Instagram post has gone up, you want to send a DM and you want to let us know, would you like to see a topless podcast episode? Let us know. There you go. We're trying to get the audience That's engaged really good. a little Engagement bit more. Important. Yeah. yeah. Engagement. Um, wow. Okay. So yeah. So one of my favorite things about watching you dance at Jumbo's Clown Room was when I got to watch you sign on stage, which at first was a once in a while thing. 
And then, and so I don't think that there's, I can't think of a single one. I've never heard of a single one and have you of any other stripper that literally dances sexually on stage while does sign language at the same time, because that's what she does. Yeah. So tell us about that. Uh, yeah. So I have never met another one that does it. Um, they probably stealing your ever, you know, and if Mm. they did it, if they're doing it, great. It's awesome. Um, so I started doing it because my dear friends would come into Jumbos Mm. and that's how it all started. Mm. And then sometimes they would come in and because it's really tight and packed, I wouldn't always see them that they were there. So then I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to start doing it every set. Just, just as an in case. Um, and I also believe in sometimes people like to what I call Disney disabilities, which means they like to, they assume that someone with a disability, um, has no sexuality or, you know, they kind of make them very childlike Yeah, where deaf people want to get a sexy striptease too and want to get, want to have access to the things that we have access to as well, which can be sexy and which can be erotic and which can be dangerous and, you know, whatever, not that stripping is dangerous, but that, 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 you know, depends on the day, but that sort of depends on your heels and who your owner, yeah, who your owner, owner your is. club lets your stalker in yeah, or not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, those kinds of things, but they want that too. And I recently just had, and I, you know, and I, I get, I, I still check in with the deaf community about me doing it even. Cause I'm like, I never want it to be a gimmick. I want it to be something that is appropriate and they all support me doing it. Yeah. And I recently got definite confirmation that it's, good because I had um a deaf guy come in he drove two and a half hours to come see me perform and when I asked him you know kind of like why are you here and he said because of you because I knew it would be an accessible performance so he wanted to go see a stripper that he could connect with on a different and understand what music was being played yeah and have access to it and I I lost I was like so I was like losing it in the back room because I was so excited and I performed so hard for him because I wanted him to have that experience that so many people take for granted of having access to this to the you know the music is a huge part of it and so I'll sign and strip at the same time and yeah, it meant a lot to him and he made a huge effort to come out and see me do That's it incredible. because he knew I was going to be there and it was very yeah reassuring wow. and validating. I didn't know that. You never told me that. Yeah. That's really incredible. Really cool. it when did that? Okay. Before um, the shutdown? Yeah. Before the shutdown, maybe like a month before the shutdown. Okay. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. It was really cool. Wow. So one of the things that I noticed that Caroline does when you're like signing, I, I noticed pretty early on that you make a lot of like facial movements yeah. and that it's almost like you're saying the words, but you can tell that you're not yeah. saying the words. So can you tell people like, what is that about when we're watching people do sign language? What's happening with the mouth simultaneously with the hands? Sure. Of course. So a lot of people assume sign language is just hands. It's also your body language and your face. So there's mouth movements that match the sign that you're saying. So for example, large, if you're saying something's very big or large, you don't mouth large you do the sign and you mouth cha, cha, cha. So you go cha, cha. Something's cha. cha. So yeah. I'm not always mouthing the words. I'm actually doing a mouth movement to match the sign that I'm saying. So when you learn sign language and you get really into it, you learn that it is not just hand movement. It is just as important for your facial expression. It's the difference between a statement and a question is in your facial expression, mm. not in your hand movement. Like eyebrows raised? A hundred percent. And tilt to the side? A hundred percent. Okay. So if I'm telling you something, mm. if I say, um, we're, we're going to have dinner at six, I'm telling you. Okay. If I say, 
we're going to have dinner at six. I'm Your asking face you. Is different. But I signed the exact same thing. You signed the same thing, but her face was, if for those of you who are listening, her brow was slightly furrowed and her head was slightly tilted like a little puppy. <laughs> like a puppy dog. Yeah. Got it. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Tight. So that's why sometimes you'll see me mouth things on stage. It's mm. because I'm mouthing not always the words, but what mouth movement goes with the sign that I'm saying. Sick. That's sick. So you are an interpreter for Angel from the Angel walk- Theory, yeah. Angel Theory from Walking Dead. Yes. What's that experience been like? Because she's pretty famous, right? I don't she look at her that awesome. way. She's awesome. She's but she's pretty famous, she, right? She is. She's, she just seems like a little buddy, you know? She, yeah. She comes she, around. I don't even notice yeah. how famous she is. <laughs> she's super famous. But Walking Dead is like massively huge, right? Huge. Huge. Yeah. Um, I don't watch it. Yeah, she's huge. I only watch it with her because I get scared easily. But she, she'll be like, "It's fine." They were just had a cigarette break like before that scene. Um, she's amazing. She's so she's younger. She's unbelievably talented. One of the best actors. Like just so un- so talented. And we just we have so much fun because she's a dancer as well. Mm. So because I sign and dance music in my interpretation, we bonded really quickly. We were hired for the same. We were both performing at an event where we were dancing and signing. Mm-hmm. And so she quickly realized this is so cool because I, I can interpret a song well for her and we just vibe in the dancer aspect. Yeah. Um, and also she wanted someone younger and like more fun sure. to be on set with her than feeling like a mom was following her around. Right, right, She's younger. Right. She's like 20. So she wanted to feel cool still on set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a hot chick walking around. <laughs> but her nice. and I are family. I love Angel yeah, so much. Yeah, that's really tight. Yeah. You've also interpreted for some celebrities on stage. Just list it out. Just give us a list. Come on. Tell us how cool um, you are. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Cardi B, Nelly, Toby Keith, Randy Hauser. Uh, there's more. Um, my brain's blanking. Uh, there's other ones. I'll 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 get to can't it. Remember it. I can't remember. Um, what genre of music? <laughs> so I specialize in hip hop and rap. It's definitely my specialty. So that's the most fun. Yeah, your videos of you dancing to hip hop and rap are yeah. just like so sick because it almost doesn't look like sign language. It almost looks like some crazy style of dance that's like really intricate and difficult <laughs> to learn, right? And you also dance with um Shaheen. Shaheem, that's right. Yeah. Amazing. Talented. Yeah. So talented. So talented. So Shaheem is also a deaf dancer who memorizes the music, feels the vibrations. Uh, we'll have cues in our videos where I give him a cue to when it starts or when a certain yeah. part starts. And we've done a lot of stuff together. So we performed at Life is Beautiful, which is that festival. Um, we performed oh, for yeah. Zappos. We've done... Um, we were, we were in LG commercial together, LG mobile commercial together. Mm-hmm. We did the, um, Ooh, CL, the, this is another one. CL, the K-pop star CL. If you are into K-pop, I'm not into K-pop. Um, we were both in a music video for her, Tight. which was really great and yeah, super fun. Wow. So like, I don't know, for me, when I see the stuff that you're doing, I feel like you're definitely changing lives and that you're like making a difference for a large community that never had access to seeing and hearing music the way they do when they watch you. I think, I think I I come from a place where this is how it started. So when I was at Gallaudet in the grad school, right? Say it, say it. 
Gallaudet. 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 Yeah, got I it. I speak really fast. Sometimes. It's fine. I just wanted to make sure that we all know this. I have no idea. My Gallaudet. When I was Gallaudet. a Gallaudet, <laughs> I would go go dance on the weekends, and okay. my people, deaf people in my program, would come see me go go dance, and I would start signing the music. Mm-hmm. And every time they were like, "We love the way you do it." I un- finally understand the song because of how you're signing it. Things like that. Okay. So I realized, oh, this is something that's kind of a thing for me. And then I also realized very quickly over time that people focus on deaf people having access to academics, emergencies. You know, right now with all the coronavirus stuff, right? You see an interpreter on the side, but they forget about things that are cultural or art based. So. Deaf people want to know about Drake too. Deaf people want to know mm. about comedy things as well. Deaf people want to know. And because ASL, American Sign Language, is grammatically more like Spanish, while closed captions are definitely a huge help, it is not the same as having an interpreter. So when I realized that this was a niche for me, I just have made it now my mission in life to make sure that media, culture, art, Things that people forget about are access, you know, mm-hmm. stripping mm-hmm. are accessible to deaf people mm-hmm. as well because they deserve all the access to everything. Right. They're human beings. They're human like beings. The yeah. Us. And they yeah. want to. Yeah. What do you, I mean, so you, you're the type, you have experience in this community, which is forgotten about, excluded in certain ways. Um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Uh, there's just misconceptions. Example. We had a meeting with our landlords about a week and a half ago. And one of the, when it came up, what Caroline does for work, they, uh, and this may be a cultural thing. Um, they're from Israel. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or not, but they were shocked to learn that there is such thing as actors that are deaf. Like, they couldn't believe it yeah and I don't know if they were faking it because they thought they were being cute and they were trying to connect or if um oh my god what if they're listening to this podcast right now hi (laughs) hi yes there are deaf actors anyways don't be stupid the point is is they were like shocked that they're and then I was sitting there thinking like do people not understand that Deaf people actually also like lead pretty semi normal lives. And so yeah. there's misconception there. And I guess the point I'm getting at is you work in an industry, in the stripping industry, where there's tons of misconceptions about the, the types of people that we are. And then you're in the deaf community, where first of all, when you call them deaf, people think that you're being, what's the word? Offensive. Offensive, and you're not. That's, uh, you know, and that's... That's actually the politically correct term. Right. That's a misconception. There's a misconception that they don't want to be sexual. And, like, you were just talking about. So what do you think how those two things, like, kind of correlate with each other? And, like, what you... Your experience being a a deaf-immersed stripper. Yeah. What's that like? (laughs) Um, You know, here's what... That's a great question. I... Honestly, I've always been I've always been the person outside of the box, right? I've always been the new kid or the only white person in a situation or the only um which is good for people. White people you should do that more as people. Um <laughs> side note. No, it's fine. Tangent. Um 
but I've always sort of been the odd one out of situations. So it doesn't make me uncomfortable to be in that space. And I never intended on merging the two. That was never an intention of mine. Mm -hmm. It all just happened very naturally. And just based off my difference started coming. So I'm like, oh, of course, we'll make it accessible. Um, But I do find a lot of times just there's definitely frustrating moments for me on, on both sides where people are either shocked from it's more that people are shocked from the um, dancing community that I also do sign language or that I also have a master's degree. Like if someone sees me dance Uh and they'll ask, I have a tattoo from my grad school on my thigh. And all the time someone says, what is that? And I say, Oh, it's a, it's a statue at my grad school. Every time without fail, hundred percent of the time someone goes, she went to grad school where the deaf community is much more open-minded. So when I tell the deaf community that I dance, they're excited and I don't have those same misconceptions or misunderstandings. And then I, the other thing I get while dancing and signing is I'll get hearing people assume that I'm deaf, which I'm never trying to appear deaf in anything ever. Um, and then they'll try to mimic sign language at me or things like that. Oh my god, are you kidding? That's so offensive. So offensive. Oh my extremely offensive. God. Don't fucking do that. Oh my god, I want to punch you. Don't in the face. fucking do that. Also, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little PSA on here as well because people just don't know and it's okay. Okay. The term hearing impaired. While you have seen it on the back of DVDs or you have seen it as to the deaf community, it is offensive as fuck. As an interpreter, when I have to sign that, it makes me cringe and it hurts my soul. It was a phrase that hearing people gave to deaf people without asking them. Of course. So deaf people will have a little clapback. When they when deaf people put out a video in sign language, they'll say closed captions for the signing impaired. What? So don't Burn. fucking use that word. Use deaf. It is. I know it seems like it feels funny to you or whatever deaf is the appropriate term it's the politically correct term it's the culturally correct term you will never offend someone by calling them deaf yeah because that's what they are they're deaf and they're proud that's like someone getting is it okay to call you a stripper I'm like, yes, yes that's what i do yeah yeah have you seen my shoes yeah yes. well i'll be tr- i'll be truthful i used to i had a small period of time where i insisted i be called an exotic dancer <laughs> it's okay. That was during my whore phobia phase. Yeah, that's okay. We all have the we all have a phase. Were you what did you ever experience whore phobia? A hundred percent. Okay. Um when I first started dancing and my parents found out they were I mean it was I mean, it was a huge thing. I got kicked out of the house. It was like a huge How old were you? Um I was I was I was nineteen, so I was back okay. from college, you know. Okay. So I'd already moved out at seventeen, but was still dancing and it was a huge tumultuous point of our lives and I remember my mom saying to me like this person would never date you because if they find out you're a dancer or you're a stripper Mm -hmm. um basically that I had scarlet lettered myself and so I believed that Mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. thankfully I don't know I honestly can't remember the moment but thankfully at some point I gained my power back and I was like actually I hold way more power in just being honest about who the fuck I am and what mm-hmm. I do and, and that I like it. I like stripping. I like dancing. I hate the fucking narrative where it's like, oh, well, like you make it out of that life or when you're oh. done with that or, you know, even people I've dated who have seemed super cool about it still now are like, oh, you're still at Jumbo's. Like it's a, like it's a shame. Fuck you. Try to do what I do. And with my body, 
how many nights a week? And right. let's see if you can do it. Yeah. Don't act like I'm copping out yeah. by maintaining a job that I'm very good at. And that brings me joy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I hear that, but the, the narrative around whether or not we live a joyful life as stripper is very convoluted because there are a lot of scenarios out there in of strip clubs where um, it does feel like a trap and it is, it can be abusive, yeah. but so can being in a relationship with a person, right? I was in a physically scary, trapped relationship with a man when I was 20, um, but have I been in that situation since? No. And so can working in a cubicle being sexually harassed exactly. by your manager. Right. So I, I see, uh, like, there's privilege. The, I recognize my privilege as well is that I've been yeah. privileged to work in safe enough clubs and that I... Not to say that I agree with that narrative. I'm yeah. just saying that that is where that stem from stems from. And it's our responsibility to do as much as we can to educate people to change that narrative. No, we're not trapped. Some people are trapped. Just, some people are trapped, like she said, in cubicles. Um, some people are trapped in um, cross-country driving big-ass trucks. Yeah. That they might not want to be doing that. Um, you know, Nadia, one of our past guests, felt trapped in her very high-paying engineering job where she got PTO. And for those of you who don't know what PTO is, because I didn't know what the fuck PTO is, it means pay time off. Yeah. She felt trapped. She had pay time off. She had PTO. I want PTO. Yeah. What's PTO? I had to ask her in the middle of the interview, excuse me, friend, what what is PTO? I have no experience (laughs) in that area. (laughs) But, you know, and it's something that I always go back to. It's people deal with shit. It's not, oh, you're a stripper, so it must be this way for you. It's you're this person, so it must be this way for you. And it's a person-to-person case. Um, I did never felt trapped. Um, And when I did feel trapped, I just adapted and pivoted and and changed my narrative to not feel trapped. Or or I would leave a certain club. like Exactly. You know, that's I, what I did. Like I, I left yeah, the club. I, you know, I've danced at a lot of clubs, not yeah. just Jumbos. You just leave the club. And I would just leave. I'd be like, all right, yeah. this isn't a healthy environment for yeah. me. Um, but I also get that that's a lot of privilege, right? That as especially a white woman, it's easier to get hired mm-hmm. in strip clubs. It's easier to change strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, looking a certain way, it's easier to stri- like change strip clubs that other people don't have. But at right. the end of the day, that's, where you live that's in, in the, every yeah. career ever. Exactly. And so what I do want to make sure, though, is whoever, if you're listening and you are a stripper who currently feels trapped, that there is absolutely no judgment about you feeling that way. And like, it's not to disparage like, oh, well, I didn't feel trapped. So we're not trapped. It's like, well, if you feel trapped, you feel trapped. And like, um, you know, we don't want you to feel that way, obviously. But what the point that we're trying to make is that feeling negatively or positively about anything isn't, isn't um, connected to necessarily the form of work or the thing that you are labeled as. The occupation. Yeah. Right. It's, it's based, it's such a case to case situation in that what I have issue with is the generalization of, oh, you're stripping because you're trying to go to school or you have kids or you're trying to support a drug. Or you're addicted habit. to drugs. Yeah, yeah. That's always the best when I'm addicted to yeah. drugs. Which yeah. I'm like um, or that, oh, you must be trapped, you poor thing, don't you need to be saved? That's mm. another very mm. generalized Super narrative funny. that um I hella hella disagree with. Don't like it. Yeah, I don't or the you're too pretty to be here. Oh my god, that's the most annoying it's, one. It's so offensive. You're so pretty. Or why why are you what are you doing wasting your time here? It's yeah. like 
Well, now you're judging me on based on my judgment call. Yeah. So you're basically telling me I'm fucking stupid if I'm here. Um, like what? Why even? Yeah, yeah. I can't. It's super frustrating. Oh, it's super frustrating. I know. Yeah. I know. It's our job to educate. We're doing Yeah, we're doing that's why we're doing it now. So we appreciate you guys listening and yeah. learning new things. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the way you're like sorry. It's like sounds wrapping like you're wrapping it up. Um no, so I did want to um talk to you about because you stripped in DC, right? Yeah. And then you've and been Baltimore, yeah. stripping in LA and you stripped in Baltimore and um, you know, you just let's just pretend we're not in current of coronavirus era and that we're business as usual. Okay. What have you seen like happening in the industry that may be good or bad? Like just like what's kind of going on for you as you've been watching the industry evolve over time? What do you see? That's a great question. How do you feel? Um, you know, mixed feelings about lots of things. So mm-hmm. For example, the fact that pole dancing now, since I started 12 years ago, is now more of a mainstream concept, right? We had J-Lo pole dancing at the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There's pluses and minuses to that. There's pluses because it means that it's becoming a more mainstream concept, which means there's not as much taboo around it, which means that people might be more open to having conversations about it being an actual job. The negative of that is that people will idolize it, but not actually support dancers that work. So, you know, with the laws that are passed or with shadow banning on Instagram and all those kinds of things. Um, The other thing I've just noticed is that because it has become even more mainstream since I started dancing, the amount of girls that are, you know, taking, that are new will be like, oh, I took pole classes where like I learned on a dirty pole, a (laughs) bunch in front of old men, naked, falling being clumsy by myself where these bitches now come in and they've been taking pole class for like a year and now they're ready. Like I didn't get that. Like there was no like baby, like, like bumpers or whatever. When you right. bowl and there's bumper, there was no right. bumper course where I got to be, try it out. You know, I just had to be, so that's it. the whole dynamic has definitely changed now that pole dancing has become more popular and more mainstream, I think. Yeah. And then, but then at the same time, you know, now that we're paid a salary, at least in California, it also changes the dynamic of customer because people assume, oh, you're getting paid a salary. So I don't necessarily a have salary. To... It's hourly. It is hourly wage. and it is nothing. Yeah. And, by the and time also, you get... the only, she's at the only club in California where they're paying anything. Every, every other club is, is, um, practicing extreme wage theft. Extreme and so, wage theft. so she, you know, in this dynamic, in this scenario, you're the only one well, yeah. your club is the only one. Yeah. Yeah. And there's pluses and minuses to that. Like on one, on one hand, yes, it's great. I want, it is a job. I do pay taxes. So I want it to be recognized as an employee. I want benefits as an employee though, as well with that. Mm-hmm. But also on the same hand, there's already that thing where people won't tip as much because they assume, oh, she's getting paid is a wage. Happening? Is that happening? Yeah, when people, because people for years have always been like, oh, they're getting paid. They assumed we got paid. Well, they did assume we would get paid. But now they know we're getting paid away. So now they don't always tip as much, which is kind of frustrating. I mean, it's $45 total, a shift that you're making. They're only working three hours, making $15. It is absolutely an hour. And they're getting $45, which is what you should be. I mean, 
Also, the job that you're doing is so much harder. You deserve to get paid more. Whatever. We could talk about that for like an hour. God, that's so infuriating. Yeah, it's really annoying. Okay, so is that how you feel about that's the how, industry? Yeah, that's how I feel. I just feel like it's – I feel like the biggest change I would say is that there's pluses and minuses again to being – to pole dancing now being a mainstream thing. Yeah. And the thing about the JLo performance and like pole dancing being like that type of performance being visible as like, this is a real job. It's like, but what message of the job was that sending? Was it sending the message? Like this is a stripper thing and stripping is a cool job or this is pole dancing. It's what we've been shoving down your throat since 2009 that we're not like strippers. We're pole dancers. So like what message was that performance really sending? Was it sending, hey, it's cool to be a stripper or hey, it's cool to be a pole dancer, but not a stripper because we're barefoot and we're doing this at a family event? Yeah. No, uh that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. I think especially since pole dancing now has become very popular we've both seen the movement of not well, a stripper. I've been part of the movement. And it's very frustrating. Where, Which, by the way, if you're a part of that movement, fuck you. Not the not and, a stripper movement, but the movement. <laughs> okay, sorry. relax. Sorry. No, because like respect <laughs> respect where it came from. But I've been know? a part of the movement as far as like pushing pole dancing in the mainstream. Which is great. Forest. Which is great. You can push pole dancing to the mainstream, but the, there's a huge split that is... Yeah. Um, pole dancing and they don't recognize strippers and almost is like we're better than them yeah which respect the like respect your ancestors so like, what do you see you is an issue with that type of classification like what is what is like a long-term issue because you're still continuing to um push the the propaganda and misinformation of that stripping is somehow bad or taboo mm-hmm. or negative mm-hmm. or I'm doing okay because I'm doing it athletically. You are somehow bad because you are doing it sexually or you're doing it for money or compensation mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it is a job. I clock in, yeah. I clock out, I pay taxes. I can't wait to get in my sweatpants after I'm done. Like it is a Let me tell you job. what I see. Because we just found this out the other day. Yesterday I cried about it. That in Nevada, that – Sex workers, legal sex workers, are being denied any benefits to unemployment if they're doing sex work, legal or not. And um, even though uh, strippers, there's 12,000 of them in Las Vegas, um, they are the lifeblood of that tourist industry. And they are being denied benefits because they do sex work. Right. Some bullshit. And what I see is an issue of separating, right, good pole versus bad pole. Yeah. Is that now you can classify a group of people and determine their rights collectively as Mm -hmm. a society. Mm -hmm. Because as society, you've collectively decided "Mm, that's bad work, right? Yeah. So then what happens is, well, stripping – is so closely connected to all these other industries, at what point do rights start to get taken away from people that are adjacent to, because that's what we're seeing happen on social media. It started with sex workers, then it bled into the pole dance community, then it bled into the fitness community. And before we knew it, 
all types of women and transgendered LGBTQ, anyone that's femme identifying, then all became a target as well. Yeah. So it it causes a ripple effect. If you start to demoralize and and or or say like, oh, that group has no morals, so therefore we're going to treat them X, Y, and Z, and then everyone can, condones that behavior. So what's happening in Nevada? If that is condoned, that's absolute absolute bullshit, and it's going to start to seep into other. It's going to be a ripple effect. It's going to set the bar for how those women are allowed to be treated by clients. It's going to set the bar for yeah. how those women are allowed to be treated by their banks. How they're allowed to be treated by their. But but let's cut to also, not just those women, but women who choose to dress also similarly to those women. Yeah. Who now, if you dress like them, you must be like them, and therefore will treat you with the same lack of. Respect, respect yeah and whatever because you dress like that and yeah. only bad girls dress like that yeah so now you can't even dress like a slut um because then you're categorized in this group of people that are bad and you're treated like shit yeah um and so yeah that's my rant yeah about i don't that. like it yeah, I don't no, like it. No, I don't, don't like it either. Don't friend. agree? Yeah, I don't agree at all. Yeah, it really um, irks me. It's something I think about all day long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So thank you because it really allowed me to go down yeah, that get rabbit in it. hole. Get it out. Point. Get it out, girl. Yeah, and I think a lot of people need to know about what's happening in Nevada right now. Yeah. Actually, we're getting ready to write a letter Definitely. to some people. <laughs> um, excuse me. Hello. No, no, no. You're not doing this. Oh man. Okay. I keep refraining from lifting my arms up because every time I do my shirt comes yeah, up and like, then my nipples like, pop Hello. out. <laughs> Hello. I'll Hello. just stop. And this isn't the one we're going to do the next one topless. Not this one. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. I have to discuss that behind the scenes with my producers. Yeah, we might have to do that one for, like, donations or something. Yeah, some kind of charity event, for sure. Some some kind of charity event, for sure. Either Deaf Children or the Nevada Nevada Girls. Either one. Maybe both. All right. So, um, also, really quickly, I just want to touch on your social worker. You, yeah. You're like, and how much work do you do currently in the social work world? Are you like really immersed in that, or is that like a phase in your life? Not, not so much now. Mm-hmm. So when I fir- when I first moved out to California, I was taking, I was working for an agency. I was taking clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so I I am um LCSW, which is a licensed clinical social worker. So that means that I was doing. So there's social workers that are caseworkers. So you you know in media, movies, things mm-hmm. like that what you assume is social, like for family services and things mm-hmm. like that. What I was doing um, when you get a master's in social work and then you also go your clinical route, that means that you're more of a, a therapist. So I can legally diagnose people, but I can't prescribe the medication. Um, I could also open my own private practice to do therapy. I work in a community that is not a very wealthy community. So it seems unethical for me to do that. So I am in the very, very baby early stages of starting my own nonprofit. Oh, shit. Um, I didn't know that. You didn't know this? No. Oh, um, it's called Unspoken Expression. <clears throat> and it will be a space where I'll backtrack a little bit. So I noticed that my deaf friends kept asking me, can you come to this dance class with me? Can you come to this yoga class with me? Mm. Uh, because it's not accessible. And so right. I go pro bono just for, you know. Uh, so I realized there's a lack of, again, culture and art and 
somewhere where they can practice these ways of expression, dancing, mm-hmm. poetry, painting, movie making, all these nice. things. So it's called Unspoken Expression. It would basically be a space where deaf teens and middle schoolers would be able to come. And I also, I wouldn't be hearing Savior. So I have a Rolodex of deaf directors, actors, dancers, nice. all those people. I would have them come teach the classes for the deaf teens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they could have access to not only a way of expression and a way to practice that expression in an accessible space, but also deaf role models to see, oh, I can be a director. Oh, I can be an actor. I can be a dancer. And then within that, I would incorporate social work aspects. So play therapy with younger groups, middle schoolers. Would we do more art project, things like that? We wouldn't sit down and be like, how are you feeling today? Um, more play therapy based. I would run a girls group because that's super important just for, it's a very small community. So misinformation can be spread really quickly. And I definitely have a soft spot for making sure all the women are safe and understand consent and understand things like that. So my next step, as far as anything, social work is definitely to, to start this nonprofit, possibly attached to another nonprofit in the beginning, Yeah, but incorporate through just running it also therapy based practices. Nice. Um, because they are a vulnerable population, especially in Los Angeles. It's a lot of um, people who are undocumented, people that are have yeah. very low, like not a lot of resources and things. So you can't, if you're going to come at it from a social work perspective, you can't just provide a service. You also have to have relationships and connect with other people mm. that provide services to create a full supportive experience. Nice. Wow. That's amazing. You're that's like my literally changing lives. <laughs> no, but I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah, we have a logo. So cool. We have some uh-huh. merch, but we just got to get a. We got to have to get a building and and figure out transportation, and also have to wait till after Corona because we have to wait till coronavirus. Corona is over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this exactly. Corona party. Yeah, amazing. Thank yeah, you. I did course. not know all that. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. So tell everyone what your stripper tip is. So my stripper tip is for ladies or gentlemen or whoever you identify going through, going to the bathroom in a crowded club. Ooh. What do you do? So I have found, cause I've had, I've done it right. When I have to go to the bathroom in the club and I have my heels on, people tend to move a little bit quicker because they're like, here's an Amazon coming through. Mm-hmm. Get out of the way. Mm-hmm. When I put on my sneakers in the exact same club, the exact same people who were just like, you were amazing 10 seconds ago. They do not move when I'm in my normal shoes and my normal clothes trying to go to the bathroom. Got it. So I'll, I'm going to try to explain it for the listeners, not for... So if you just do like a little Beyonce as you go through a crowd... Okay, she's kind of fist just pumping twerk, her fist like, like, do like a on little, her like, chest. Little, like a little just back and forth. Just a little and you're just like, like... And you smile at people as you go through, right? You don't okay. just do it aggressively. So you're basically doing like a mini dance. Yeah, you know, just do just a mini... And arms. you can dance however you want. Maybe you do a little... Maybe, maybe you just do, do like this. Maybe you can raise the maybe roof. I can't raise the roof right now because my nipples raise will pop out. Great. All right. Pick a dance move. The point is pick a dance move, whatever dance move you feel comfortable with, and then make it fun as you go through. So you go, hey, hey, like... Look at people yeah, high five them, you know, past Corona. Yeah. But like, look at people <laughs> high five them, and they will gladly spread the seas. Like right, they will move right, out of right. the way so that you can go to the bathroom or get out of the That's concert really good. or go to the, you know, where go to the bar 
whatever you need to do. Yeah. If you make it fun, do a dance move, smile at them and be like, yeah, like almost like we're all in it together. Right. They will gladly Amazing. part the seas for I'm you. definitely going to try that one. That's hot. Yeah, okay. Tight, tight, tight. No. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Moving on to four. For- don't look oh, at I, the questions. I didn't, don't didn't look. Them. I genuinely didn't. Right. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> can't read that fast. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Okay, bud, here we go. Four for one time. <clears throat> what is your reaction to unsolicited dick pics? Fuck no. Ew. No. That's your reaction? Blocked. Blocked. Why? Blocked. Well, for me, it kind of depends on the pick. All right. <laughs> Sexting. Yes or no? Definitely. <clears throat> if you could watch any two people make out, who would it be? Can you think that's it? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying. Uh, Gal Gadot, for sure. And uh, Brittany Murphy. Who's Gal Gadot? Who's Gal Gadot? She's Wonder Woman. <laughs> I think I should know that. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do during quarantine? Hang out with my fucking roommates. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. my roommates. It's so fun. We get, we get to actually hang out. Like, normally, I will say this because we all moved in here real quick. You know, normally we'd all be at a job or someone would be at someone's house or at a friend's thing. No, we get to actually bond and sort of create a family during yeah. quarantine. So I'm and really lucky. we have time to integrate cats as well. A hundred percent. It's been so it's been much so trauma. So much trauma. Cats over here. Like to the death fight. Yeah. Yeah. But they're doing better. There's yeah. been progress. They are doing better. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell everyone how we can find out more information, how my fans can follow you and be your fans. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. I would be super grateful. Um, on Instagram, my handle is the T H E dot B L A I K E. So the dot Blake with an I. I have a YouTube as well under Caroline Blake. Um, yeah, and that's that's that's, that's pretty much the okay. way to contact that's me. Fine. Instagram and YouTube. Tight. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much again for coming all this way. Uh, go around the court. No yeah. problem. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. That's been our episode. Um, if you have any comments or questions, always please email us. We would love to hear what you think about the things that you hear on the show, even if you disagree with them. Um, you know, I don't, I don't suggest that I'm always right uh, or that my guests are always right. So if you hear something contradictory, please uh, email us and let us know. And uh, follow the, all the instructions at the end of this episode. You'll hear them. Peace. <laughs> hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at thequeenofsexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com. <laughs>